Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. So for our Devotional Toddcast today, we're going to call this Charging Giants. Have you done anything irrational this week? <laughs> Think about that question. What's that, Ron? I have met you, Ron. Just raise your hands. Show of hands. Who's done something irrational this week? Me, me and Ron. I believe. I don't. I think all of you have to some degree. The word irrational means utterly illogical. Think about that. Irrational means utterly illogical. Now, I have to preface this by saying I love kids. You guys know I love kids, but kids can be irrational beings. They really can. Look right now. Look at them. I'm just easy. Scientists say, and I don't know if you believe this or not, but scientists say that our brains aren't fully developed until we're, how old? 60. 60. <laughs> it's a long time, Ron. 25 is what I saw. 25. 25 years old. Our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25 years old. Now, that explains a lot of the decisions I made growing up. Um, does that seem odd to anybody else? That our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25? Now, again, I don't know if you guys agree with that. You can fact check that on your own. But we have underdeveloped brains until age 25, but we could drive a car, get a job, enter the military, get married, and even fly a plane. All of those seem dangerous for an underdeveloped mind, don't they? Well, I can't solve that problem tonight. That's not gonna be my goal. But I can speak as a father of eight that my children do weird things with their underdeveloped minds. And kids, I love you. You know that I love you. But my two-year-old son, Thurman, he's not, he's not downstairs right now, he likes to succumb to danger any chance he gets. That's Thurman's thing. His strategy for walking down our stairs used to be walking off every step like it was a plank on a pirate ship. Just straight walk. Walk right off the steps. Until we realized that was going to be a bad idea and we put a gate up so he couldn't do that anymore. Marcus, today put an M&M up his nose. We've all been there. We've all been there. As moms or as people with M&Ms on our nose? Both, okay. And we had to go fish it out and that was fun. Evie, my little girl, she's six years old, likes to twirl around in the living room until she gets dizzy and falls down. Uh, Adelaide has so many stuffed animals in her bed that I can sometimes not even find her in the bed. Titus and Levi enjoy going down to our basement and making weird noises together, don't you guys? We just hear some really bizarre noises. <laughs> Levi's nodding. And Haddon enjoys picking at his mosquito, mosquito bites until they bleed. That's okay, Haddon. All of my kids enjoy putting random toys in their mouth to suck and bite on them. And that's irrational behavior. It just is. I don't understand why my kids do these things. Now, I have to let them off the hook right now because I don't want you to feel bad, kids, because you're not alone, okay? Adults do irrational things as well. For example, I will walk into a darkened room and instead of turning on the light switch like a smart person, I will try to navigate my way through that darkened room, endangering my well-being for no good reason at all except pure laziness. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather walk through the dark room than flip the light switch on. That's irrational, it is. Uh, my wife made fun of me the other day because I sleep with a fan directly on my face. Anyone else? No, okay. 
But that's not the funniest part. I sleep with a fan directly on my face, but I always, I also bury my myself in blankets up to my neck. So Janine has to witness this thing every night. Is I have a fan on my face, but I'm buried up to blankets in my neck. Anyone else? Okay. And she thinks that's irrational. I think she's probably right. How about this? Have you ever seen someone do something that's so strange, you're just baffled? You're baffled. You just sit there for a minute wondering how that person decided that was a good idea. The other day, I saw someone light a cigarette as they began to pump gasoline into their car. And I just sat there baffled because that's irrational. That's utterly illogical. What's interesting, though, is that maybe sometimes, maybe even oftentimes in Scripture, people who follow Jesus do what seems completely irrational to everyone else. Would you say that's true? The first disciples, for example, left their fishing nets and their dad to follow Jesus full time, someone they just met. That seems irrational from the outset. How about this story from the Old Testament, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is one of my favorite all-time stories. These guys loved the one true God so much. One day they were commanded by the king to bow down to his golden statue. The narcissistic king Nebuchadnezzar said, bow down to my golden statue. And not only did, did they not bow down, but after they were threatened with a fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told the king to his face they didn't even need another opportunity to bow down because they weren't going to bow down to his stupid statue. Those are my words, my version. <laughs> because they weren't going to bow down to the king no matter what, no matter how hot he made the furnace. In Daniel 3, this is what it says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this, if this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Was that an irrational response? It's not, right? Because these guys stuck to their word. King Nebuchadnezzar rolled the golden statue out. You guys know the story. And gave them another chance. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just stood there and refused to bow down. So King Nebuchadnezzar is fuming mad. He makes the fiery furnace seven times hotter than it was before just because he's angry. And then he takes the, these guys, throws them into the fiery furnace, and they die. Right? That's how the story goes. This is where you should object. <laughs> no, that's not how the story goes. They throw them into the furnace. They actually throw these guys into the fiery furnace, seven times hotter. And King Nebuchadnezzar looks into the furnace, and not only are the three guys walking around in the furnace, completely unharmed, but there's a fourth person in the furnace with them, one who looked to be like the Son of Man. And that's a title reserved for who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. They brought the three men out of the furnace, and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Isn't that remarkable? And the king that day decreed that all people everywhere should honor the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What appeared to be irrational behavior to everyone else was actually the sanest decision these guys could make. They trusted the plan of the Almighty God instead of the plan of men. Yes, they could have died for this, but they believed the verse that we just used this very night from Romans 8.31 that says, if God is for us, finish it who can be against us in this spiritual walk with jesus sometimes we have to face giants and we're told in our minds 
that the rational move is to not stand up to the giants because the giants could harm us. But when we believe that one lie, we're neglecting a greater truth, that no one is bigger than our giant God. Amen? As a question, is it more irrational to stand up to the spiritual giants in this life or to neglect the duty of going into spiritual battle with God on our team? And I want to present to you that it's far more irrational to flee from the giants in this world than to charge them with the power and truth of God. Now, we need to be careful here, okay? We need to make sure that the giants we're referring to here tonight are foes instead of friends, okay? Because the devil is crafty. If we're not careful, he's going to get us to start fighting each other. Friends fighting against friends instead of friends fighting against foes. We must never charge after a Christian brother or sister, okay? That's not the model of Scripture. God calls for unity and togetherness within the church. We are instead to charge the giants of this world, those who are against Jesus. And we also have to be careful not to charge anyone with physical anger and physical hatred. This too is not the model of scripture. Charging giants with anger and hatred is exactly what the devil wants to lure us into. He knows that if he gets us to fight the same battle that he's fighting, we won't defeat anybody and will actually increase evil here upon the earth. But if we go into the battle against the spiritual giants of evil with the strength of God, and if we use the spiritual weapons of truth and love to do so, then not only should we enter the fight, but just like David did with the, with the giant Goliath, we need to charge those giants. Listen to the passage from 1 Samuel 17, 48 to 49. It says, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. David was grossly undermatched in this battle against the giant Goliath. But so was Goliath. David had to face Goliath. Goliath had to face the almighty God who was standing right next to David. The devil tells us it's irrational to do the will of the Lord when our enemies are strong and fierce. And we should say in response to the devil, it's irrational to think that you can stop the plan of the almighty God. And before we close tonight, let's consider what giants we should be charging against. I came up with four, and I know there's a lot more than these. These are four giants that I came up with that we should charge and stand against. Number one is division in the church. Division in the church is evil and it's coming to take every single church down. Because the church is the only thing that scripture promises us can take down the very gates of hell. Division is an evil giant. And we have to charge division in the church with truth and love from God. Number two, falsehood. Lies surround our culture, don't they? We're surrounded by lies. And it's easy and convenient and it feels safe to avoid conflict with those who are spreading the lies. But the irony is, is that the safest place to be is with truth. With truth. Now, we don't have to hate. We don't have to let go of the tethered of love in order to speak truth. Truth declared in love is the greatest defense against falsehood. Falsehood is an evil giant, and we must charge it with the truth and love. 
Number three, fears. We talked about this on Sunday. We are mocked every day by fears and insecurities in our life. The devil is hoping that we won't enter the battle because we're scared. We're simply too scared. But again, the safest place to be is right next to Jesus. And Jesus has already entered the battle. So where should we be? In the battle with Jesus. To be in the battle with Jesus is to be safe and secure. Fear and insecurity is an evil giant, and we must charge it with truth and love. Number four, sin and worldliness. Sin and worldliness. Now, it doesn't matter if we want to enter the spiritual battle, if we're still playing around with sin and spiritual, excuse me, earthly pleasures of this world, because we cannot fight with Jesus while living in sin. The two never happen at the same time. Only when we let go of sin and worldliness can we charge the giants of sh with God's strength and with the will of God. Sin and worldliness are coming for our hearts. They are evil giants, and we need to charge them with truth and love. Do you see a pattern here? Charging giants with truth in love. Because this world is full of giants, guys. And just like the ten spies who went into Canaan to scope out the promised land. Remember that story? The devil wants us to believe that the giants are too big for us to overcome. Because he's a good liar. He's not entirely wrong. The giants are too big for us. But the devil's not telling the whole truth, is he? Let us recall that following Jesus is the only path to life and the only path to victory. We've been just told from Romans chapter 8 that we are more than conquerors. Why doesn't he just say conquerors? More than conquerors? In my, at my table with my children, I like to use illustrations, so I told them about a 90s video game that I used to play called Contra. You guys remember that game, Contra? In this game, Contra, it was a shooting guns game. It was really a pretty bad game, but... Um, they gave you three lives for the whole game. And you, you burned through those three lives pretty quick because the game was hard. But um, we read in one of these magazines there was a cheat code for the game. And by entering this cheat code, you went from three lives to 30 lives. And suddenly the game got a lot easier. I remember my brother and I getting that code for the first time and our mind was blown and knowing that we could actually win this game now. And we weren't, we weren't miserable anymore. We could actually have fun playing this game. What's the best cheat code in the entire history of the universe? Having Jesus on your team. Right? And he's, been, he's told us that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And therefore, I want us to stand up. I want us to charge the giants before us in this journey called Christianity. With the name of Jesus, for the will of Jesus, and for the glory of our great God. The true giant is our giant God. He's undefeated and he's on our team. Let's charge the giants. Amen. Thanks for listening to the devotional podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.